Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. Today on the Ether, Coin Hall hosts a Juno discussion. Let's take a listen. Hi. Okay. Just trying to get uh, Kevin and Tendamin up. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as yeah, well. Just, I'm just trying to get. Uh, so, Danku just sent me a text um, about five minutes or earlier before that he will not be able to make it this time around, which is quite unfortunate, but I managed to get Sifai. Oh, wonderful. I don't know if you guys know him. Yeah, but Sifai, I think currently he's on the fan furry space, so he might take a while to come back on. So No, no problems just, at all. Uh, whenever you can get yeah. in here, it'll be great. And uh, uh, hey, Demi. I just saw Demi and Max are in here from Juno. Oh, yeah, I'll invite him to speak. Hey, everybody. Oh, <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. my mic sound. Sounds yeah. great. Yes, I just got back home from <laughs> drinks. Hi. <laughs> rush back Sunday night. Hi. No, no worries. Um, well, okay. fantastic. I just wanted to kick off by saying uh, welcome to Juno Coin Hall. We're very, very excited to have you guys in the space and... Uh, you know, this is a, another really great tool for, for folks on Juno to use. And, uh, you know, we, we know how popular Coin Hall was uh, in the Terra space. So I, I see great things happening. You guys built out very quickly, which is super cool to see. Um, mm -hmm. So congratulations and welcome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, seriously, it's been quite, I guess, like very accommodating in the sense like yourself and Max, everyone else really went out there and helped us pivot over as well as many other um, Terra projects out there who was just looking for a home, you know, in spite of whatever happened with Terra, obviously, pretty bad. But yeah, it's been really easy and I seriously love the Juno community. I think one thing I really like as previously really involved with Terra is the community is very important because everything you mm -hmm. do is centered around them, for them, and Juno has that kind, kind of same moral or I guess, boost, and, you know, it's been really fun so far. And we are launching very shortly, but of course, this space will be more of the Juno ecosystem rather than ourselves. Sure. And we will just, yeah, we will just go ahead the details towards the end. But yeah, we got Sifai on board now, so thanks for joining, Sifai. Hey, guys, good morning. Or it's morning for me, at least. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on board. Yeah, I understand maybe a bit last minute. So we will go on to the questions now. I think we've got this number of people here. So I'd just like to introduce Kevin over here. He's the co-founder of Only Validator and has been pretty quite like quite involved with the Juno ecosystem and is also in the Multisig team for the Terra Development Fund. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong at any uh, point of time. 
and t- totally nailed Timmy. it. <laughs> and Tenamin Timmy is part of Spark IBC, right? Uh, which, to my understanding, is essentially an educational guild of such. And CFI, as we all know, is a very prevalent Cosmo contributor and has always been around at any point in time, hosting a lot of Twitter spaces that can last for, I don't know, as long as 10 hours. Like, seriously, a legend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, you, if you guys have been around for quite some time, you, seriously, he goes for ages. I could go to sleep and I wake up, you still be on the same space. I don't know how it does it. And yeah, if he does it on Juno, that'd be really great. <laughs> yeah, so, we'll we'll have to have our coffee ready for that day. <laughs> so as we all know, you know, Terra had that whole entire crash, and currently it's a uh, crypto space. Seriously, a period of uncertainty. Everyone's all over the place, and no one really knows what's going on. You see people say, "Oh, buy the dip," and all, but with all the current inflation, the SEC, everything, no one seriously knows where we're heading. And I just would like to host this host this space today for people to find out more about Juno, because that's one of the points of uh, more of the next network that we'll be expanding forward to, and help our followers currently understand all about the network. So I'd like to point the questions over to Kevin and Tenemin Timmy. How long have you been in the Juno ecosystem? Uh, how it started your entire journey? Uh, let's begin with Kevin first. Yeah, actually. So- I was Go thinking ahead. real quick, Point Hall, do you want to give an intro of you guys for any Juno and Cosmos people that might not be familiar? That was an awesome intro for mm. Kevin and I, but maybe a quick brief for people who aren't familiar with Coin Hall. Mm, yes. yeah. Okay, sure, sure. So Coin Hall, we're essentially a DEX aggregator, real-time charting and analytics and validator platform. So before the crash, Coin Hall was actually the third rank application of Terra by money active users roughly ranking up to 80k and traffic we racked in about 6.5 million monthly visits on average. On our horse swap, we actually also grossed about 1.5 billion in transaction volume. So if you're a Terra fan right now in the space, I think you would have heard of us or use our charts, maybe for shitcoins or anything else. And some common comparisons refer to one inch um, deck screener or even staked if you are more familiar with Ethereum. So moving forward in our release, you know, you could expect real-time price charts price charts for Juno, CW20 pairs on Juno with trading view, charting features available. So there will also be L, uh, LP analytics, including fees and transaction volume, as well as historical transactions and orders, and alongside our price alert and telegram price bots. But initially, we'll be launching within the next week, actually. So our ETA is on the 6th of July, and this is alpha, as we may know, but do not hold me to it. Uh, that's where we expect to launch, and we'll be supporting up to whatever asset is available on JunoSwap right now. Yeah. Fantastic. And am I right in uh, saying that one of the cool things about CoinHall is that um, you guys are not querying other charts and things, but CoinHall directly incorporates on-chain data for its metrics yep yep so the devs everything is really like seriously real time if you guys want to check us out actually we have a site now and we support terra classic and terra 2.0 at the very moment so it's coinhall.org on our website i would love to post you know some sort of alpha but the thing is we'll be launching very shortly and 
we'll be releasing like our, in a sense, you know how platforms or projects have beta? It's a bit hard for us because we'll be just launching uh, price analytics at first. So we're querying like real-time data from or everything on JunoSwap. And I think that's where we start first initially. You don't want to overpromise. Totally. I, I have seen uh, this alpha. I've seen the Juno version. It's very uh, exciting what you guys are doing. It looks very sleek, and mm. I think people are going to love it. Um, I, I wanted to actually um, kick this over to you, Demi, uh, in terms of kind of the origin story of Juno, because um, I, I did come in later on Juno. I was not there at the Genesis, but as a Core 1 member, I know that you were. So, uh, Demi, could you share kind of how Juno was created and sort of the story of, of that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so everything started like in March 2021, I think. And um, it happened from the community. Uh, Juno is a community-driven project, and uh, it went out from a community initiative. And uh, basically... Uh, they were looking for some, uh, they had this big idea of a smart contract platform for the interchain. And then uh, they started looking for uh, some uh, developers and uh, basically the community altogether created Juno. And uh, yeah, uh, by myself, I was uh, like contributing on the airdrop part and uh, putting up together the initial code of the chain. And uh, and so, yes, Juno is totally community owned. and. Uh, you know, the supply 100% redropped. So quite cool project. And I, I think the original tokenomics, and correct, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Dini, but I'm kind of just doing it from memory. It was that 50% of the supply was airdropped one-to-one with Adam Staker. So if you held one Adam, you got one Juno. Yes. And then the core team only took 27 percent. I think that's the number because I remember being like, oh, that's super specific. And that's vested over 12 years. And then there's a very large community pool and developer fund that the community can utilize for having projects, for example, like CoinHall coming on to uh, Juno and, and building out cool projects or the Terra Developer Fund, which has had a bunch of projects come forward. So it was very like community and builder focused in the tokenomics. Is that correct? Yeah, that's totally correct. And uh, like the only difference that we had from the Cosmos sub supply was the whale cap, basically. So if you were getting an airdrop of Juno, you couldn't get more than fifty thousand Juno. Um, so that's that. That was the main difference. So we were trying to basically distribute a little bit more uh, the 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 tokens of the chain. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, cool. I think I, I remember this because I was looking into Proposal 16 and I guess, you know, Juno is unfortunately quite well known for its government's proposals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, there was a lot to do with the wheel caps and obviously, you know, I, I don't want to say anything wrong, but it's more like, you know, that one guy ended up with a specific someone ended up with a lot despite the wheel cap. But I think that was actually one of the proposals or more so the beginning of how I found out about Juno and I found it quite amazing how, you know, governments may not be the perfect solution right now with the state of what it is now, but 
everyone coming together and you know being solidified is something really hard to form just on organically and Juno has that kind of trait that's really special the community is very focused on helping one another and I guess contributing to the best of the ecosystem regardless of what skill set you may have yes absolutely like uh, we still have uh, to improve the governance system a lot and I think that's one of my main focus right now um because you know uh, things like proposal 16 uh, are not that great uh, especially for uh, from the outside to the people Mm. that see juno for the first time uh so yes we are trying to improve governance uh, write down some more specific guidelines implementing more governance types uh we are we are moving i think in the right direction but it will take some time i think Uh, i think that proposal um was just a, a, an illustration of how hard it is to do airdrops and give away money or give away uh, distributions. That, that's, uh, for sure. and, that's for sure. That's for And basically, it, I think the mistakes that were made there were largely uh, sort of honest mistakes. But um, it's easy to make honest mistakes in code and then have a hard time taking that back. And that's that's a really tricky problem, uh, certainly. But um, uh, do you guys feel like just just so I can get caught up on Juno politics for just a moment? Uh, do, do you feel like uh, I guess whoever disliked Juno because of the subsequent proposals to make corrections to the airdrop? I, I guess probably whoever didn't like it, who decided who threw a tantrum and left, they're probably gone. But uh, do you feel like at this point, those most of the issues regarding token distribution are largely resolved and everyone's moving forward like what's the vibe here like what are people thinking so if you ask uh, I, me okay okay go ahead <laughs> no i i was i was just gonna say so i you know like the brief history there was a very large entity that had split up a bunch of atom across a bunch of different wallets and there was some data that was not had at the time as to what that was and how it was happening and some people thought it was like this nefarious thing um so there was this very controversial to say the least proposal to lock those tokens in a smart contract um eventually there was a lot more information that was uh came to light on that and eventually the community did vote to place those tokens in a smart contract uh, which is where they are today they're not they're not revoked uh they have you know they could pull it out at, at any point with a 28 day uh notice so that was sort of the solution that the the community implemented the most recent update that I have on that and just kind of following the, the Commonwealth proposals is that they're looking at bringing in a independent auditor to verify kind of some funding uh, aspects and who has what from the original investments to distribute those tokens to the original investors of that fund. It's kind of like a Japanese uh, pseudo. I think, I think we might want to like say. Touch on that because it, it. I think there's some misconception that some people think it's someone who just gamed the whale cap and had like multiple right. wallets to get past the 50k limit, which to me <clears throat> is not actually the issue here because, like, technically that can't be enforced in code, um, and I, I don't think it should be. I think the big issue with them is that the the airdrop as a whole didn't pertain to central exchanges which they were some weird version of. So they weren't a central exchange, which is why we didn't catch them. But what they were doing is allegedly holding Adam for thousands of customers. 
And so yeah, that's the, the number was something yeah. like 33,000 people in Japan. So I think the current sentiment is largely that 30,000 new users in the space would be awesome. Um, you know, and if we can get <laughs> like, that Juno like, like to I them, said, how hard it is to give away money. <laughs> it, so, exactly, right? So it's, you know, it's sort of like you don't want to have a central entity holding on to those tokens and saying, yeah, well, we're totally going to distribute it to our, our people, you know, when, when we feel like it, which is kind of where it was at, you know, and they were, they admitted that they were withholding that airdrop from their, their users. And so that was kind of a, a, one of the final things that the community went, Hey, that's not, that's not viable. Um, so I think even on the other side, there's like things have chilled out enormously on that. I think the most likely outcome is going to be that the community will most likely feel that 30,000 new people in the space is a very good thing um, and want to distribute that to those folks. I think we just all want to make sure that it actually gets to them and, and that it's real people. So that's at least my personal opinion. That's kind of our stance as a validator. Like we'd love to see that go to the right people because that was the intended purpose of the airdrop. Like that was the whole point. You want to have these individuals to build a community. So if we can, like retroactively make that the case, then all the better. And very fortunately, Juno is kind of uniquely situated as a smart contract chain that can instantiate these contracts of governance to actually do that. So there's this unique ability to kind of correct that uh, as crazy as that is and as wild as governance can be, um, you know, we can still potentially stand to carry out that original intention, which I think would be freaking awesome personally i'd love to see thirty thousand more people from japan in the juno space and i think that only serves to like massively grow the ecosystem that's my personal take yeah i totally agree uh and like if if you look on the forum i think they are already working on finding some some ways to distribute the the tokens to the to the uh, to the basically customers and uh, they are also looking to you know don't ask the community to trust uh, themselves too much so i think it's good uh, i don't know when uh, this uh, story will finish uh, or but yeah we will see <laughs> i also like apologies for everyone who's heard me say this a couple times before but i just like to kind of bring it up whenever applicable Airdrops, like, I feel like in Cosmos, <clears throat> they are kind of seen differently and uh, more common and a more integral part of projects launching and such. And, Sefi, I know you kind of just said it. It's like a joke and off, off the cuff. But, Sefi mentioned, like, giving away free money. And I really think that's the wrong way to think about airdrops. And projects or people that think about it that way are going to get burned and not succeed. Or, or, or I, I should say... The other way to look at it is giving away, like not giving away, but distributing governance, right? So you're either it's money or power. Either way, Bam. like you do it wrong, right? You wind up with a, a distribution that becomes like, in theory, way too centralized or what, you know, or, or like the type of parties that you want to empower don't get empowered or whatever. So I, I, it's just, it's a very hard thing to do, right? And I can understand. In other words, looking back at this, I can understand why something went wrong why it went wrong and i don't know that there was like a perfect solution to have prevented all of it either you know because there's no way to really be sure about some of these issues uh when you're designing the airdrops uh so 
yeah, yeah. for whatever yeah I, i'm not i was just saying jokingly yeah it's like no i knew you were yeah. there's a phrase out there in charity like giving away totally. money i just sort of like use that <laughs> but that's not what this is but yeah i, get I guess yeah J just to wrap up my point the thing i always like to say is like a good project's airdrop is not about giving out free money or bribing users to use it it's about carefully selecting your genesis users it's about saying for juno in for instance we trust people that have been staking Adam for this long. So the snapshot that was for Juno as well as Osmo was like far before there was anything actually going on in the cosmos. So people who believed in Adam from the beginning were staking in a private wallet. There are teams that go, okay, those are the type of people that we want as our Genesis users. We think they're going to help grow the platform. They're not just going to dump. So I think when teams approach airdrops that way, and think about rather how do we get the largest user base by distributing money to the most people or something like that i think it's better to think about it like who do we want to represent the initial genesis of our project and i think when approached that way you see a lot of success i think i think with respect to this we've seen how many projects have introduced airdrops could be a large portion of their supply and we see how it slowly leads to sometimes the death of their project because, you know, you get all those dumpers and all. And the point about Genesis, picking who you want to give it out to, is actually quite good because I noticed from Juno specifically, even though, like you say, most of the allocations actually towards the public, there's no, there's zero seat raises. And even the team themselves, they have like 12-year vesting, if I'm not wrong, for the team members. And the thing is, there's still quite a healthy ecosystem growth. The funds and all, it all goes through governance. But the thing is, you still get like developers being attracted to build on the network here. And I think that's what's amazing. And, you know, as we, as we all know, of course, you know, Cosmos itself is branded as the internet of blockchains, given the technology surrounding um, Tendermint Core, Cosmos SDK and IBC. You know, we've seen the recent news with DYDX expansion. Um, while I'm personally not a developer myself, the easiness of transferring tokens along, alone across different chains with IBC has been seriously great user experience. And I think that's where the saying comes about, you know, interoperability is the future. So with reference to mentions like Juno as a sister hub for Cosmos or the news of interchain accounts or even points of the, like as mentioned before, unique Juno token distribution, what would be your general opinions on how, you know, Juno differentiates from other existing layer ones or I just want to know your opinions. Like, um, can I start with Timmy maybe? Well, I think at the moment, um, I, I see kind of two, what well, one is it's kind of the only like Cosm Wasm general purpose permissionless smart contract platform at the moment. Um, not like literal only and like Terra was another big one and still sort of is, but right now, if you're, you know, let's say not specifically designing a DeFi product that might complement osmosis or, um, a private, uh, project that benefits from privacy that you might want on secret Juno just is like kind of the obvious option at the moment. It sort of has, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Demi, but from my understanding, like it's one of the first chains to usually like adopt the newest version of Cosmosm when it comes out. It's usually on the cutting edge of that side of things. It has extremely active governance to the point where 
someone jump in here. Wasn't one of the proposals um, involved in all the whale drama like above a 90% turnout? Yes, proposal 16 uh, yeah. were voted by basically every single staker of June. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think and it was pretty close to 100%. Some people were even have erroring over 100% in the vote tally. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that just in and of itself speaks to uh, it speaks to a third thing I like about Juno that unfortunately is transitory and will go away, but I think is beautiful and should be embraced right now. And is that's that it's it's kind of in the perfect middle ground of size where it's small enough where I feel like I can actually kind of know everything that's going on in Juno, even get in contact with the people doing those things if needed. And that just creates like a much more an ecosystem that you're much more invested in because you feel like you actually have a chance to come up in it. You have people that can help you and support you and that build alongside you. And so at the moment, Juno is just this perfect sort of tech paradise for people who want to get involved with a passionate community and do really like whatever, because it's just such a general network. Whereas that's not super common in the cosmos yet. We don't have a lot of just general open L1s. And Timmy, that's a that's a great data point. You know, the idea that, you know, you can get 90 percent voting block, uh, you know, basically suggests that of the people that actually not just qualified for the Juno airdrop, but the ones that actually claimed it are uh, very active community members. Unfortunately, I didn't have Adam uh, staked sufficiently time wise to get a Juno airdrop, but. Um, I looked into the whole thing and, you know, with airdrops, you know, a lot of people claim them, but, you know, may not participate very much on that platform, but 90% is just straight up amazing. Yeah, that was shocking to see and like very believable too. I was like, yeah, that makes sense with what I've seen, but still kind of blew my socks off. I was like, that is, and and I guess part of that is actually pretty uh, obvious in that, the only people that have Juno right now got it somewhere in the cosmos. I mean, there's one tiny little exchange that does technically trade Juno, a central exchange, but no new users are onboarding through that. So it does kind of make sense that everyone would be involved in governance. That's, you that's a good to, point. Yeah, yeah you have to claim stuff through your wallet and done all the DeFi. Yeah, so. Right. It's a, it's a nice selected like subgroup population in a way. It's like when yes. we do medical studies, it's like it's it's a very specific group that you can identify. And, and uh, in, in a way, that's like good news for the coin long term, I suppose, because uh, from a lo- like a long term price appreciation angle, you know, there's a fair number of the people who are left over, whatever the price is it's now you, you, that are probably like forever holders, probably, except for maybe validators right. who are you know, going to have to sell for, to, for revenue. And and also, I guess I'll quickly clarify, like the, the transitory comment, like as Juno grows, uh, we will get more people that aren't, you know, participating in governance as much. There will start to be more projects than any one person will be able to keep up with. Um, but that's that's all a good thing in its own right. Right. I think that'll happen anywhere you see big growth. And the difference is Juno will have the foundation that I'm talking about here forever, no matter how big it grows, it'll have a pretty large core group of people that are passionate about governance and building things, uh, no matter how big we get, they'll always be like a dominant part of it. So yeah, Juno Juno to me is a community driven thing and that's why I value it a lot, which is funny because I started 
everything in crypto, like purely tech. And Juno certainly ticks a lot of boxes for good tech, but it's the kind of the community element that has sucked me in personally. So it's funny how you mentioned community sentiment because I'm quite interested. Uh, I saw a tweet stating some upcoming ecosystem projects, which were really largely familiar to me, given our Terra stat. So some projects like Leap Wallet, um, AquaDAO, Tali's Protocol, Loop, Terraformer, and even CoinHouse sells. Mm. I just want to know, you know, what do you guys think co- the community sentiments on the development of these projects? Uh, I can speak to that um, a little bit because I think I've talked to basically all of these guys and helped in, in some way with their <laughs> migrations. Um, so I, I think the community sentiment has been overwhelmingly like massively stoked about the projects coming over. Um, we had proposal 23, which was the establishment of the Terra Developer Fund, which I think was the first kind of relief fund uh, in the cosmos for projects after the Terra collapse. Um, so Juno, having a large community pool, we put together a proposal um, with the support of a whole bunch of people um, to create this Terra Developer Fund, which is like a super transparent, open source uh, multi-sig that everybody can go like see proposals, they can see funding, they can, it's all hosted on DowDow, which is an app built on Juno. Um, so like Demi is also one of the signatory members on that multi-sig. And there's about nine of us and they all represent different parts of Juno. So validators, some core team members, some community members, and then just some independent developers. So there's like a diverse group of viewpoints um, and we, you know, all have input that is what is, you know, what should receive funding. So a lot of these projects have been funded through the Terra Developer Fund. Ultimately, I think that the community is very, very excited about people who can build quickly, build innovative stuff and ship. So all of these protocols that have been coming over move fast. I mean, to, to go from one chain to another is no small feat. So it's it takes a bit of bravery and some courage to to do that in the first place um and you know as a community we've all voted that it's a wise use of funding to support that endeavor and build out the network and create these incredible games and DeFi applications and developer tooling and nft marketplaces um you know so the amount of major projects that have launched on juno just in the last 45 days is like absolutely overwhelming. And I think that's what's got people so excited about it. It's what's got me so excited about Juno is seeing now how easy it is for people to build here because it is a permissionless space. And I think the Juno community is largely like uh, very, not just developer friendly, but like developer conscious. So you'll notice that there's like a big trend that um, community members are like, hey, look, we don't need to wait for a perfect V1. Like, let us help beta test it. You know, DowDow released at like point V0.3 or something in beta and had tens of thousands of accounts created on there and people testing things out and breaking it and fixing it and helping to commit to the GitHubs to like help code stuff. And community members kind of just jumped in and took full force positions on the DowDow team. So there's this like awareness within the community of developers, which is completely unique to any other chain. You know, there, there are no, 
this is my opinion, but there's no other chains where you really go, hey, look, our product's not done yet. If you want a beta test, here it is. And you have 10,000 users come in and start not just beta testing it, but making recommendations, being a part of the input and the development of the process, in some cases actually helping to uh, code, you know, through the open source projects and stuff. So that's completely unique to Juno that you can not only have this like rabid base of community that's like hyper involved, but they're actually a big part of making the products into what they want to see, right? Like what better place is there for a project just starting out than one where they can literally work with other developer users and build out these protocols and projects in real time with the input of the community. Like that's a pretty unique experience that I think a lot of people have been enjoying. And, you know, seeing how they've taken off with that, a lot of these protocols came over with their own ideas, but have expanded upon those with the input of the community and, and really come into an entirely new space. So I think that's a, that's a neat feature if I have to say so. I also want to just add, like, I'm sure everyone has heard this thrown around, but I think it kind of maybe goes over some newer people's heads. Anyone who's been through a few cycles in crypto already knows how true, like, the fact that all of this is happening in the midst of such a violent bear is extra impressive. Like, uh, someone made a comment the other day in a space, I think it was Zaki, that he was just like, I don't even really know that it's bare. I'm so busy just like getting new projects up and running, doing this and that. I completely even forgot we're in a bear market. And it's funny, I've kind of seen that reflected, that attitude in the whole community where all of this stuff that's going on, the things uh, pinned above in the tweets are amazing in their own right. But the fact that they're happening now is truly like, it's it's a really good sign. Uh, you, I haven't seen this before in the other mean, two bears. Jimmy, I've said this like many times, but like I think the, the there's a misunderstanding of super cycles. People think of super cycle having something to do with price of like Bitcoin or an industry or whatever. That's not entirely the case. Super cycle is about adoption, and the 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 price action can be quite violent even during uh, super cycles. But the consumer usage globally of um, of, of crypto in general and just the number of projects and institutions and whatnot uh, involved now is just much, much higher. So I think that's where this is all coming from, is a general confidence among, say, developers that those users are there. It's just about making good products and attracting people to them as opposed to um, like purely focusing on like price action, which, you know, is, is miserable in its own right, just because like there's so many significant projects and institutions that got wrecked this uh, last few months that it's just gotten ridiculous. Uh, and many of us have been affected by that, obviously. But yeah, I think uh, keep, people should keep their chin up and like keep building. So, can I ask you a question? Actually, yeah, two before. questions. I've, I've yeah. known you for way too long to have never asked this before. Cephi or Cephi? Cephi. <laughs> okay, cool. cool. Um, you, I know you do like a lot of charting and kind of some tweeting about some other projects and ecosystems, Kadana, um, Avalanche, etc. Do you, do you kind of hang out in their communities at all? Like, what do you see right now? Because I agree with everything you said on paper, um, but I wonder how much it's really going on in other communities. Because when I kind of try and pop in on, I don't do it on Twitter too much because I have to like follow people, but whether it's checking the Reddit or other other things, other communities do seem a lot more dead right now and a lot more like, you know, beaten down. Yeah. By the 
I would say, all, like, if you just look at social volume across uh, as a bellwether or like a canary in the coal mine, so to speak, for like what's going on, uh, like whether it's Reddit, crypto Twitter, whether it's uh, just name your platform, YouTube, uh, no matter what platform people are on, views and interest have like just jumped off substantially, dropped off substantially. So when people's portfolio is going down and they're upset about it, they're not as interested in jumping on participating, uh, which which I think is a bad thing. Like the, the, you know, we should have the most involvement when the market is at its shittiest. And like, like the odds that you're going to get wrecked if you happen to say buy a coin or get involved in a project while the market's down is much lower. But during every cyclical event in tech, going back to the 80s that I recall, like nobody cares about anything when the market is down. Like this is just how life is. And then when it goes up, everyone's sort of jumping on with a bandwagon. That's why it's like this cyclical behavior. And you see it across yeah, communities. You see it across now social media. It wasn't that transparent before, like 80s, 90s. It wasn't that obvious uh, except through price action to some extent. But and then if you were in Silicon Valley and kind of like in the know, so to speak, like you might see those trends and social trends, but you did, it wasn't so transparent, right? Because you couldn't see it all over the internet like you do now. But now it's like the effect is much, much more magnified. So you can get this viral growth when the thing happens and everyone's jumping up and down, leveraging to the hilt and whatnot. But then you get uh, times like this when like everyone sort of like settled down and you know people aren't investing and you know throwing money at things or maybe they don't have money. Maybe they got so wrecked they don't have any. I don't know. Uh, whatever the case may be, you see it. Um, this taking place but yeah I, but even in cosmos the the excitement has largely died down too in the sense that like volumes are down and um you know like some of you guys that are doing cosmos spaces and other spaces it's fantastic because that's the time you want to be doing them is to keep trucking on um but uh like yeah i mean but i, I don't know that cosmos has been necessarily spared of that either um but no if you're, it definitely has. And I, I've realized as you were talking, I, I might have kind of sounded too biased there. Like our, our social engagement is also down as well and volume and stuff. And as you said, that's just what happens. I just feel like to a lesser extent, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think each each particular uh, who, like what happens with Twitter in particular is based on who you're sort of following. Let's say you're following folks in the Kadena community or Avalanche or whoever. Right. Um, you will notice more of their spaces showing up on the, you know, header up here in Twitter. Uh, so it looks like if you're, let's say most of the people you subscribe to are in Cosmos, like it'll look like no one's doing anything in Avalanche or, if, you know, whatever. So like most of the people I follow are Cosmos, Terra, uh, mostly these two ecosystems, you know, global ecosystems. I don't tend to play much in the Ethereum space at all. And I don't tend to play much in Avalanche either, or if at all phantom and some of the other ones so i don't know i i'm with you i'm like in the echo chamber of cosmos to a large extent so i'm gonna have a tendency to see what's happening here versus elsewhere mo mostly and in my fair opinion i think you know you guys are really true in what you say like as a contributor or more so content creator myself you start to see a lot of your engagement die down which is you know completely fair given the market is completely shit right now but the thing is, I think as cliche as, as it may sound, this is probably the best period for you to just continue doing what you're doing and making sure what's the right product or more so finding product market fit. 
however service you're implementing, especially on the chains you're targeting, like let's say Juno. Mm, and this points to my next question. So I just want to know, you know, what are some gaps to be filled in terms of, let's say, currently in the Juno ecosystem, you know, you guys have really helpful call one, call two team, team and devs. I had a chat with Frey recently as well as, you know, Kevin and Max Juno has been seriously helpful in getting me understanding the Juno ecosystem more, connecting me with people. And even today, you know, I have Pendamin, Timmy and Sifai joining me for a seriously random Juno space. And Dimi, I, I saw your YouTube chat with Don Kryptonium and I quite enjoyed it. I just like to know, you know, what do you think if there are any gaps to be filled currently in your perspective, like let's say on content creation or education? Um, yeah, of course. I, I think people still have to learn a lot of things. And actually, uh, before we were we were speaking about the great governance participation that Juno has, and I have a theory about that. Uh, and it is that uh, on Juno, a lot of projects did uh, some airdrops that required very specific um, on-chain interactions. And I think that was for a kind of uh, education. And I remember the Neta airdrop, I think they were requiring people to vote on chain. And I'm not sure if it's uh, effective or not, but I think that contributed a lot. So coming back to the content creation part, yes, for sure it's much needed. I see every day people uh, asking, hey, why did, did I get this error on Kepta? And it's always the same error, <laughs> like out of gas or um, minimum gas and all these kind of things uh, really still have to be explained and so yes the more content we have uh, the better and yeah yeah for sure uh from my end on coin hall side you know we always try and actively pursue like what the community wants and you know for all of you listening here you know, do feel free to dm me anytime or what kind of services you guys would like to see on our platform because ultimately whatever we do we want to do it best for the community and try to bridge the gaps of information symmetry. That was always our goal to start with. And regardless of what blockchain or network we are on, you know, Cosmos make it so easy. You know, builders could just connect with one another and everyone wants to help one another out. Like that's what I noticed. Joe, Joe you know what might be you know what I've noticed is an is sort of like irritating problem in Cosmos is mm -hmm. that currently there's no there's no place to assign that I'm aware of a wallet that you hold funds in just for fees. Uh, and I know in osmosis, like some of the fees are, you know, close to zero, if not zero. So you don't have a problem generally, but new users, you know, a lot of times when you go to stake and let it, the, you know how there's a little max button on Kepler or on a Cosmos station. It's so annoying when you accidentally max stake something and now you can't like, you know, transact on that network on a cosh or something like that. And then you got to go find more funds and do all this nonsense. Um, it would be nice if eventually either interchain accounts gets built or we get some way of like just using Adam, for example, to pay for fees if you have it somewhere in a wallet. And, th and this is a frustrating problem. And maybe CoinHall has maybe mm -hmm. some strategy to eventually solve that. That'd be very cool. That's, um, I think Kevin wants to speak, but I'll just hop in really quickly. It's actually one of the things I believe was mentioned as well. Um, so having a wallet that you could choose whatever fees you want to pay with, 
you know, I have the same problem with Esmos. Like I went to, you know, buy Esmos and I pull over, but I didn't have gas fees and you just need like probably 0.02 or something. And I was so pissed off. And you have to get your friends to like send you over. But thing, the thing is, your friends from all over the world, you know, on crypto and they may be sleeping and you're there trying to get the stupid APRs. And it's just so difficult. But yeah, don't, don't, no worries about that. That's actually one thing we're looking into and hopefully in future sometime near, Neil will be able to provide that. But we, we take that into consideration. Uh, I'll pass the mic over to Kevin. Uh, I think that would be that would be awesome. And and I think those kind of problems are um, something, it's like just very stupid fundamental issues that everybody deals with at every level of experience that just haven't been fixed because there haven't been easy solutions to implement across like every chain. I think maybe one of the solutions might be AuthZ, uh, which a lot of chains have enabled. I know Demi's had some interesting thoughts on this too as relates to governance, but AuthZ is something where you can sort of grant permissions to another wallet, right? So some people use that for auto compounding, for example, with restake.app where you know, like our validator will pay their transaction fees and compound their assets hourly, for example. Um, but there's a lot of other really interesting applications for that, like being able to vote from a number of wallets utilizing a single wallet and only giving governance to that, right? So like right now, a lot of us use ledgers for multiple different accounts, especially as validators. So if you want to vote, it's a pain. But if you could grant permission to another wallet just to vote, right, that would be a huge benefit to validators. And you could do a very similar thing with fee structures where you have a fee wallet that exists purely to pay gas across all of your different chains. And um, that could be something that Otzi could take advantage of. So uh, I will hand this over to Demi, who I think probably has some interesting views on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just uh, saying that on Cosmos, we have these two very big modules. Uh, the first one is, as you said, OZ, that it allows you basically to grant permission on any other uh, wallet to execute any kind of transaction from yours. Of course, using different level of permissions and all the settings that you can imagine. But we also have another module that it's the fee grant. The fee grant uh, does exactly what we are speaking about. So it allows you to basically allow any other wallet to use your balance to pay fees. And so this allows uh, chains like Juno and Osmosis to set up uh, very different ways to pay fees that doesn't require to have uh, a specific balance in the final user wallet. Also on Juno, um, we are thinking about allowing people to pay transaction fees using other network coins. Uh, also, Osmosis is doing that. Uh, the only missing part is uh, the UI. Because, uh, for example, now on Kepler, you, you cannot drop down and choose another coin to pay the fees. And this is the only missing part because, uh, technically speaking, uh, I think all the validators are already aware and uh, they change the configuration to accept also other tokens as transaction fees. So I, I think I think this, yeah, it, it will improve a lot, the, the final user experience. And yeah, 
we gotta watch. Demi, I, I might reach oh. out later to make sure that we're doing that because I think we fall outside <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, no worries. I can share to do that. So, Demi, I'm curious. Is that that? I've been curious about this. Is that that validators will natively accept other coins or will it be some kind of integration with like Juno swap or something? So you can, the user feels like they're paying an atom, but really it's getting transferred to Juno and then paid. So the current uh, implementation on Juno, uh, if uh, any, anyone on Juno will pay a transaction fees using Atom, all the stakers will get a share of that Atoms. Uh, so we don't do any conversion for now. On Osmosis so is different. Oh, oh, sorry, continue. Osmosis does it differently, though? Did they yeah. transfer, they convert to Adam, uh, Osmos, that's, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Osmosis has a custom implementation where all the transaction fees in uh, foreign tokens get automatically swapped for Osmo, and uh, and then the takers receive Osmo. I'm not sure if wouldn't, it's already, but... Wouldn't you no. think that's the way to go? Because I actually... What's the point of the Juno token? Uh, I mean, governance, I guess, but that's not going to do too great for like price appreciation if you don't even need it for gas anymore. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we need to think about this. But on Juno, is a little bit more complicated to implement because let's say maybe we can say, okay, let's swap all the transaction fees using Juno swap. But then maybe we will have another AMM. And why Juno swap and not the other? So, so we need to think about this because, as you know, JunoSwap is an independent team. It's not related to the, I mean, yes, they are part of Juno community, but it's not uh, the only AMM or an official AMM as other people see it. Uh, so we don't want to exclude anybody. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there could be another protocol implementation that use multiple AMMs. I mean, what you guys could do is use an aggregator like CoinHall to just automatically do the swap Maybe, on yes. whatever just gives the best rate at the moment. That that will be amazing. Yes, that will be amazing. That's a nice idea. That'd be sweet. Uh, I did want. Uh, that Sorry, would be awesome. Like, I just want no, to say I thank totally, you. <laughs> couldn't agree more. I think that would be really awesome, and I know you guys could pull that off very well. Um, I just wanted to ask I, I, Travis and, and Satoshi been up here for a bit did you guys have any questions or anything you wanted to ask yeah I I had some thought in my mind uh or based on what Safi let me let me let me get my train of thought back um so when Safi's talking about kind of general like macroeconomic stuff and all that because Safi's everywhere I go on Twitter space by the way so I don't know what he does but like I'm 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 he doesn't sleep, it seems. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm retired, and so I have, and I have, I don't have children. I don't have girlfriend currently. I have 24/7, 365, all to myself with no responsibility to learn Web three for the last six years, right? But Safi's on Twitter Space, like I know more than me, so I don't know how that does it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pulmonary critical care physician by background. So, so he's not either, a human. And I've got so a wife and two kids. <laughs> so, so I don't you're sleep. either, so you're either fully retired or you're running some sort of crypto hedge fund. <laughs> but, but anyways, no, I, I, I do no, I do just jump. I, uh, I like the way that my work is like technically, I'm, I'm available twenty four seven. 
365 days a year almost. And the way that I'm set up, it's like, I'm not always like at work, right? So it's like my, my schedule is just a bit <laughs> random. So I kind of hop in here and there and do stuff and have fun with this sort of thing. No, it's great. It's great because it's a great le- – it's like I just discovered how to use Twitter this year, like three months ago. I had accounts since 2013, but I never used it. And so I'm kind of starting to understand how to use Twitter uh, better to learn. And Twitter space is a great forum for learning about your communities. Uh, so, like, I, I wanted to congratulate Kevin for being uh, included in the Ad, Adam Hub or Cosmos Hub validator set. I, I just checked uh, – the Oni's uh, placement because I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm probably gonna uh, delegate to Oni as long as he can hold place for ten days. <laughs> Hell yes! We'll do so it. like, uh, yeah. So Kevin, like, you have to stay. I noticed that you went up one rank in validator, and at that 166 level, it only takes few hundred uh, coins <laughs> to move up and down quite a bit. So yes, I'm gonna keep an eye. I'm keep. I'm keeping an eye on your validation note at Oni. And I'm going to see how you do for the next 10 days. And I'll help you out by transferring whatever I can to, to you. Uh, but decentralization. Yeah. I'll be staking all my tokens with Kevin. <laughs> oh, well, Kevin, thank you, guys. Kevin, Kevin is a filmmaker. I, and I don't know. Like I, I requested a, a Twitter space. And I want to host my first Twitter space uh, with Kevin. It's going to be probably like one-to-one conversation. You guys are all obviously invited to join. It's going to be about art and technology. Um, uh, it's going to be essentially from art to zero knowledge that I'm interested in, uh, but uh, I'm focused on Kevin and how the film uh, could potentially, if, I don't know if he has already done some film work for Cosmos Hub or Cosmos Ecosystem, or he's planning to, or he just has a traditional film background. But anyways, like uh, Twitter space is great for, this is the amazing thing that I discovered, like, you know, only a few months. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Coin Hall Juno discussion, recorded on Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain. Checking that replay, sing along, and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so it up and do the math on that financially speaking why the fuck would anybody want to rap but in this reality the money comes from doing shows but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows i guess you could rap on cameo i've been asking all my friends if i can rap on the patio six feet motherfucker step the fuck back doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debating great methods amazed to play inception the base state See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time a fan listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. Pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund Another day, another lesson Living in the eighth dimension Might be worth a little mention Living in the Great Depression Got a real regal feel Reeling in another sucker fish Out to make a deal Just to make a motherfucker wish Aw shit, now you only got two left You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends You know what I miss? Listening to excuses Now we're on the fence Like we forgot how to choose That's what happened
Hates when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit Trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music Spaces.